You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you need batteries for your truck, batteries for your trail cameras, TV remote controls, flashlights, you name it, Interstate Batteries has what you need. They have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So stop in, talk to a battery specialist, or for more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the Ohio Huntsman podcast. And this week's show is, uh, as you probably guessed from the title, sort of a mashup of things. So we just, from a, a, a free time, this time of year standpoint, tend to kind of group together our shed hunting with our spring scouting with our turkey season scouting and so none of it is really ideal timing for that you know we might be a little late on shed hunting we might be a little early on turkey hunting but you know we've as you guys have heard us talk in the past we've all got jobs and families and things to to you know to just fill the calendar up so this time of year it's it's hard to find time for all of that and so what ends up happening or or what we've found to sort of work for us as a nice compromise is a lot of times those three things kind of get bunched into one especially for trips down to our cabin in southeast ohio you know it's a it's a bit of a drive down there for us and so that's a that's Instead of making separate trips for each one of those things, it all gets bunched into one trip and we make it work. So we talk about our plans for those things. Like I said, shed hunting, turkey scouting, spring or uh, spring scouting for deer season, you know, this coming fall. What type of things we're looking for, um, what we're hoping to see, that kind of thing. So just sort of a mashup of topics and uh hopefully you guys enjoy it hopefully there's something in there that uh is helpful and we also want to hear from you guys you know what do you what do you guys look for when you go out spring scouting what do you what are you hoping to find this year what are you guys looking for with turkey scouting you know are you looking for turned over leaves are you looking for roost trees that kind of thing what what do you what are you looking for to help you be more successful come turkey season and so let us know you know there's lots lots of ways to get in touch with us you can comment leave a comment on our website ohiohuntsman.com on this post because we always do a, a post on our website for each episode you can 
comment on the social media posts that we do for each episode on Facebook and Instagram. You can send us a direct message. You can send us an email. There's a contact us form on our website. Lots and lots and lots of ways to get in touch with us. Another way you can get in touch with us if you want to give us feedback on an episode or if you want to suggest a topic or ask a question that you'd like us to cover on the show, you can call our voicemail line, which is 330-887-2403. Leave us a message and then uh, we can use that little audio clip that you leave us, you know, with your name and your question can drop that in the episode and we can talk about that topic or or try to answer that question and so with that the last thing we need to do is talk about our sponsor Mastin's Deer Sense Mastin's as you guys have heard me say is a premium scent product company they make a great product they collect their their scents on stainless steel which is not common practice not everybody does that a lot of people collect on concrete. Mastin's collects on stainless, so you're getting good, clean scent, and it works. We've had good success with it, and the really nice thing is the prices are really good. So if anything, I would encourage you to go to their website and just check out the prices, mastinsdeerscents.com, or you can go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors, and there's a link to their website there. And with that, let's get into the conversation. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so we're all on. We're... You know, we had we had some scrambling to get everybody on the call, but we're on now. Now we can relax and talk hunting. So, I guess, uh, what's new, Jake? It's been a while since you've been on. You've been out at the property recently at all? Uh, yeah, I've been uh, trying to stay out of the woods, per se, out at the property. If what are we going to call it? I don't know. Just the property? Something. The property. I don't the know. Back 20. We need to come up with a, a name. <laughs> a catchy name for it. Um, yeah, I guess we'll have to think about that. I don't know. But I've been try- trying to stay out of like the bulk woods just because if there were any bucks hanging out, I didn't want to push them off before they shed. Um, but the impression I get based on pictures, trail cameras, um, I don't think the bucks, for whatever reason, spend a whole lot of time on my property currently. So I'm going to have to figure out some sort of habitat improvement or changes to see if I can get a couple bucks to call it home. Uh, they definitely travel through the property. So it's a good hunting property, especially for rut, because it holds the does like you wouldn't believe. But... Um, haven't got a whole lot of buck pictures. The only buck I have on camera has shed one side and he's been shed for two weeks on one side and still holding the other. So. Yeah, and it seems based on the pictures. Big, go ahead. 
he's not a big deer. Um, I mean, he's a one and a half year old, whatever basket, like eight point, if I would say probably. So it's not, I mean, any shed's a cool shed to find, but it's not like, like he's a mondo deer that I'm going to be scouring looking for his antler. I'm still trying to kind of hang out in the open just in case there are some other deer on the property, but it doesn't quite seem like they use call my property home during shed season, especially. So, yeah. And it, based on the pictures you've been sending us, it seems like you got a, a real doe problem out there. I got a real doe problem. Um, I, uh, haven't put my camera that takes the highest quality pictures up over my corn pile but the one i have i mean it takes decent pictures um and i'd say in one i mean over a pile of corn granted they're, they're over bait but i have one picture that has at least 15 to 16 maybe more dose um and this is over a i mean this isn't a mondo tractor size pile of corn i mean this comes out of a bag that i carry back there so it's let's put it let's say a 50 pound bag of corn last has been lasting me about 48 hours yeah about 48 (laughs) hours at most um yeah i definitely need to do some doe patrol and thinning of the doe herd for sure um the neighbor that lives out there he hunts some of the property but he doesn't shoot does just his choice he doesn't his family doesn't prefer to eat it so the one buck that they normally between him and his son that they normally kill a year is plenty of venison for them so he has no interest in shooting does um i mean if i told him shoot them and i'll take them i'm sure he'd be willing to but um We'll see. This next year, I'm definitely going to have to do some hunting of the does for do sure. some work, yeah. Because this, I mean, we're talking, you know, whatever, 15 unique does who, um, and that's without the fawns from this year. So it's going to be even right. more. Yeah. So, Jeff, you and I have been, you know, we've been kind of updating on previous episodes right. unless you've got something uh new and fresh you want to update us on no other than uh i stopped in a dick sporting goods the other day oh, and despicable. Uh, well listen to this okay they're getting out of a lot of the stores in at least northeast ohio are getting out of uh selling hunting stuff oh so, really everything's on clearance like everything's super great deals oh so you might want to stop in get yourself a gun get yourself some ammo because they had i think all all their ammo at this dick sporting goods was 25 percent off which for most of it made it about actual like normal price you know because dick sporting goods typically has pretty high markup right um, but all their hunting clothes was 60% off, you know, like, uh, trail cameras were 50% off. So, so have you read it all? Are they, are they going to like 
liquidate their field and stream stores? Isn't that a I, Dick's? Yeah, yeah, it's a Dick's brand, and I I don't know how it's staying in business, to be honest. Okay. Um, and I don't think that they're getting out of selling hunting stuff at all their stores yet. Just some, okay, or a lot of. You know, I think they're kind of. If it's if hunting stuff isn't their best seller, they're getting rid of it. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know how those stores how they're going to stay in business because yeah. the only sales I ever saw people making in Dick Sporting Goods were really hunting stuff, hunting, fishing, you know. And then I guess your occasional like, you know, buying their cleats or, you know, I don't know, workout clothes. But it sure seemed like that was. Wherever it was where everybody was at in those stores. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't really know. I mean, as with all of, I guess, department stores, quote unquote. I mean, people don't shop in stores anymore. Yeah. So it's. I don't. I don't know how any, a lot of those stores are staying in business. I mean, sporting goods stores. You know. All, I mean, yes, people need their latest and greatest sporting goods stuff but i don't know it it seems like a lot of people shop online for a lot of different stuff now well a lot of the well i don't want to say a lot but the one nice thing or the one time where i will still shop uh although i guess it's not i don't know (laughs) let me just spit it out a physical store is nice sometimes when you can shop online and then ship to store for free. Right. Cause you know, Amazon's ruined everybody on paying for shipping. And so if I have to pay for shipping, you know, of course I'll do the calculation. And there are some times where you can find a deal and even after shipping, it's still cheaper. But if you can find a store where the, you know, you can get a fair price and then ship it to the store for free and just go there and pick it up. That's a lot of time. Like me personally, I guess that's a lot of times where I will still buy from a a store that's a physical store, if you will. Um, but I'm buying online and just picking up in store. Yeah. Right. Well, and also having the ability to return to a physical store is really nice. Yeah. You know, if because I'm if I'm thinking about something. You know, and it's like, well, if I buy this, then I have to go through all the hassle of, you know, putting it back in the mail to return it. But if you can return to a physical store, that's that's nice. Yeah, that's true. Because didn't Amazon go away on their returns? They don't just let you slap a label on it and ship it anymore. They want you to take it somewhere now, don't they? Whether it's like an Amazon drop place or it's not where it used to be where they just send you a. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't returned yeah. anything. I, I have used the. You might still be able to. Actually, I take that back. So, yes, I think the free return option is either like an Amazon drop or they'll have like a UPS store where you just take it in there. And when you when you hit return it gives you a one of those qr codes and you take it into the ups store they scan that qr code and it prints the label for them and i think they'll even box they tell you they don't want you to box it up like the ups store then will box it up yeah i think last time i returned something 
I had to take it to a UPS store. Yeah, so. And I think I think they did have me box it though. I think but it I depends had... on yeah, it depends yeah. on something. Maybe it's yeah. like the category of item or. Yeah. Well, I know I couldn't return it to Coles. Because it, it was a rifle scope is what it was. Okay. And I couldn't return it to Kohl's because they they didn't accept, like, that kind of stuff. So I had to find a UPS store. Because Kohl's, you can take Amazon stuff, too, to return. But right. not, I knew that just not that. I've returned something at Kohl's, from Kohl's, and they had a separate line set up for Amazon returns. Yeah. But, um... The other thing, I'm drawing a blank what the hell I was going to say. Well, what I was going to say is, um, speaking of scopes, I just bought a scope from, uh, what is it, CDNN Sports, or you guys familiar with that? It's like a clearance closeout, you know. Yeah, no, I I haven't heard of it. I think it's CDNN Sports or something like that. They sell guns, you know, like all kinds of stuff like that. But um, I bought a scope. And man, I was looking at their, you know, because I pay attention to return policies now, and they, they do not want to deal with returns, man. They are, you have three days from receiving the product to if, if there's, you know, for some reason you don't want it and you want to return it, you have three days to notify them and, and get your RMA number. And then, then you have to, I think you're responsible for the return shipping and you also have to pay like a 15% restocking fee. And I'm Jeez. like, wow. Man, they basically don't want the stuff back. Like they, you know, yeah. Once you bought it, you, you basically, you basically better off, you know, if you, if you do find, Oh Jesus is the wrong thing, like selling it somewhere else, you know, like versus trying to return it. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it depends on the cost of the item, but this was a, cheap scope you know and mm-hmm. it was like boy it's gonna cost me more to return the stinking thing all right so jake you mentioned sheds there a little bit and we always do and and for me i know it's it's kind of a time thing but we a lot of times will kind of bulk our shed hunting in with our spring whitetail scouting in with our spring turkey scouting especially when we're talking going down south to our our cabin takes time to get down there it's time away from the family and so you know we're going to kind of do a bulk combo episode on those things and just just, you know, kind of like we've been doing so far, just kind of BS. What are our plans for those things? What are we hoping to find? What are we hoping to achieve with that kind of stuff? So with shed season, what do you, I know, Jake, you, you've got plans, I think, to go down to the cabin and try to do a little shed hunting? Yeah. Yeah, every year, um, I don't know, probably for the last at least four years, three, four years, I've went down in the spring before turkey season. Um, some years my wife goes, some years just I've went and taken my daughter. Uh, this year we're all going to go. My wife, my daughter, my son, who's two, we're taking him down. 
Um, so it's for me, I, I call it my shed hunting trip. Some years I do more shed hunting than others. It just kind of depends on who's down there and kind of what the trip consists of. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll have both kids down there, so I don't, I'm going to try and get them up the hills and such down there, but I'm not holding my breath, uh, especially cause we have to go a little bit earlier this year than I'd like. Um, so I think it might be a little chilly, so we'll see. But yeah, uh, we, I, I talked about bringing Ella this year, but I just like time, man. I, I don't know. That, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that we're going to be able to make it and it's fun. You know, like yeah, we do a, a, a a podcast on, you know, hunting in the outdoors and, and you find that you have less time to be doing hunting and being in the outdoors with, you know, keeping all of this running and everything. And that's, you know, by no means a complaint. It's, it's all good, but it's just, you know, it's another thing to, uh, it's just another thing to, to, to take into account in, you know, the 24 hours a day that we all have. And I do like to sleep sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, uh, go down to the cabin. Like you said, I usually go at least two weeks before Turkey season this year, this year, it's probably gonna be closer to a month, but, um, do a little bit of scouting. Primarily it's just walking around the woods um, I usually find at least some sheds down there every year. I got a couple spots that I've found a good amount year after year. So they're, I try to hit those spots at least. Um, but that's that. And then I have my, the property, you know, the, my property that, like I said, doesn't seem to hold much. So I'll walk that and see if anything turns up, but I'm not expecting much there. Yeah. I've got a property I have permission on and I've walked it a couple times and, and just not had, I think it's similar in that it's, it's just kind of a long, narrow property. And so it's just, uh, you know, there's, there's a hunting pressure on two of the, two of the four sides, one of the sides being, you know, their house and the road and everything. And so it just, it's not, there's not a lot of depth there, if you will, for holding deer. So I've never, there's not a ton of buck sign on the property, just regardless. And I've never had much luck finding shit. I mean, that's not to say you couldn't walk out there and find one, but I don't know that I'll, I'll go out there. I might, I might not so much as a shed hunting, but maybe more as like a spring scouting trip i might go poke around some public here uh, i might go out to spencer spencer lake wildlife area just i mean it's not that far from my house and i've we went out there for the uh that ohio bha cleanup event but i've never i mean it's it's i've lived pretty close to it most of my life and have never really gone out there and explored. You know, you hear people say like, oh, it's super crowded and, you know, not worth your time. But, you know, I've never gone out there and obviously there won't be people out there hunting now, but just, you know, 
is there deer sign out there? Is there spots out there where I think, you know, might be worth checking out? Is it, you know, is it just a place where I could go and do some squirrel hunting or I guess just going out there and poking around because, you know, I've been in the house and it's not far, you know, been in the house all winter most, you know, and it's not that far from my house. So why not sort of thing? Yeah. I, I jumped a pretty nice buck there last year, squirrel hunting. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it wasn't a monster, but for a buck at Spencer Lake, it was, it was a big buck. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, it was a nice buck. I think at Spencer, the, it's, there's a lot of squirrel hunters. Squirrel hunting is tough going at Spencer. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if you're willing to shoot red squirrels, you can get a limit, you know, because I don't think most people probably aren't really willing to shoot red squirrels. They're not worth the time to clean for probably a lot of people. But it's because the times I've been out there squirrel hunting, I've seen a lot of other squirrel hunters. <laughs> okay. You know, so. But uh, I did see. Because I, I think I went the weekend after gun week. I went to Spencer Lake and saw two gut piles. So someone shot deer. You know, someone was successful. Yeah. So. Well, there are deer out there to be had. Right. There are deer out there to be had. and You just got to be in the right place. I want to talk to you guys real quick about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub is an Ohio deer feed company. And what I mean by that is the company is based out of Ohio, and they also try to source all of their ingredients from Ohio, even down to like the buckets or the packaging that they use to, to sell their stuff in. So they make their sort of signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed, which is a high-protein feed with mineral mixed in, which is really nice because it keeps the deer coming back even after the physical feed is gone. And they've also, if you just want straight mineral, I know a lot of guys like to run mineral come here in the spring for antler growth and fawn development and that kind of thing. They've got that. And then you can also get flavored corn. And they've got lots of different flavors that you can get, which sort of turns both the corn and their their feed into a long-range attractant because it's... You can smell the stuff. As soon as you open the bucket, you can smell it. They've got like persimmon, red oak acorn, apple, lots of different scents or or flavors, if you will, that you can get added to the feed. So check them out, ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors, and there'll be a link there to get in touch with them and try some of their stuff. Now let's get back to the conversation. So, Jeff, do you have any big plans for shed hunting? I don't think I have very big plans. Not yet. You know, I might make some plans, but I don't have any real plans so far. I'm planning to here in the upcoming weeks, uh, get a ground blind set up on a clearing, you know, and I don't know what you want to call it, an opening in the woods uh, that a lot of the turkey like to, kind of strut in and stop in so i'll have that set up for when turkey season comes 
so that maybe I can get my wife out turkey hunting. Because I don't think she sits quite still enough for just to be sitting up against a tree. So I'd like to have a ground blind right. for her. That way she can also, if she gets bored, she can play on her phone or read a book or whatever, <laughs> you know, while I'm trying to sound like a turkey. Yeah. Most of the time unsuccessfully. And so with that, that's a, that's a small property set up. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not like it's a big piece of public, right? It's, it's right. not like it's an acre, but basically you've got an area that, yeah. you know, the, you know that the turkeys like to frequent and you're going to try and right. capitalize on that, right? Yep. Yep. Just have an area that I know the turkeys like to go or at least come through. So when turkey season comes, I'll set up there and see if I can't call one in or at least catch one coming by. So when we've done these trips to the cabin or, you know, down that way and, you know, we got much bigger chunks of ground to work with, what do you guys typically look for as far as, you know, when you're doing turkey scouting, what are you looking for? What are you hoping to find with that? I mean, the main thing I'm looking for is turned up leaves from turkeys feeding. Yeah. If you can find where the turned up leaves are, I mean, it. you can scout pretty early. You, know, you can start scouting now. And if you can find where the turned up leaves are, that's where, I mean, the general area you should be come spring because that's where the turkeys are overwintering and where they found food. So, yeah, they may disperse out from there, but there's at least going to be some left in that area. And I think a lot of hunters overlook the the feeding aspect of turkeys when it comes to spring turkey hunting. You know, they are, they're looking for oh, this is a good strutting field or a good roosting tree. And they they overlook the the feeding aspect. Like, oh, well, the turkeys are coming here to eat. So if they're not really in the mood for romance today, I might be able to call one to this spot. See, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think some people probably me included is like I intentionally overlook the feeding aspect because I want that experience of calling right like the, if the turkey isn't going to call it's like I, you know I don't know it doesn't have the it doesn't have the same allure to me I guess as which doesn't make sense, right? That's basically, you know, you're kind of setting up and waiting for a deer to walk by and there's no calling and everything. But like, with, I don't know, because there is that that aspect with turkey hunting of calling them and, and getting them to come in and, you know, coming in, strutting all fanned out, puffed up. And if they're not going to do that, to just sit there and, and like, oh, I know they're going to come through here because they've been feeding in the area and shoot one, it's like, well, yeah. I don't know. Does that, does that make any sense? Yeah, but I mean, necessarily, that's you're not just going to get one coming in the feeding. You just know because turkey feed here, it's 
more believable to that that Tom that there there would be a hen there. You know, it's somewhere he's familiar with. Yeah. You know, because if if it's somewhere where he's not as familiar, you know, if he's familiar with going to this field or underneath this oak tree or wherever, you know, to eat and oh, hey, there's a hot hen over there. Well, I know exactly how to get there. And, you know, I I know that's a good place. And hey, if she's not there, I can eat. That's uh, I should probably take some of that into account because I spent a lot of time last year <laughs> walking around trying to get a turkey to, to uh, respond to my calls with uh, not much luck. So, well, that's just a weird thing about turkey hunting that I, you know, some days they're gobbling like crazy and the next day they're not. And it doesn't seem like there's any change in any environmental factor, but something's got to change. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to turkey. Se- I don't know why I've got a good feeling about turkey season this year. Like I'm going to, if, if, you know, cause we're probably going to go to the cabin and, and spend a weekend down there hunting and it's hard too. Right. I mean, we, we've gone there year after year. And so, you know, we've kind of gathered Intel, but to go down there and, and figure it out in two, two and a half days, you know, a lot of times is, is kind of tough. So if it doesn't work out for me down there, I think I'm going to try to go to some of these other places I have access to maybe, you know, maybe try Spencer or, some of these other places I have property to and see or permission to and uh, see if I can, you know, strike something up just because I don't know. I want to get a turkey this year. So, yeah, my at my property, one of the neighbors has turkeys like domestic turkeys that are in a like fenced in outside. Oh, so I haven't decided yet. I've never gotten a turkey on trail camera there. But I know that there's turkeys in a fence, so I don't know if it would be a good tactic to just use those turkeys as my callers. I don't know if other turkeys would come or if they would just pay no mind to it because they figure it's just those turkeys on the inside of a fence. Dad was hunting a domestic turkey last year. Yeah, he was. That's yeah, not funny. on his story. That's a good story, yeah. He was. Yeah, he, uh, and you guys fill in where, you know, where I screw this up because he's not here mm-hmm. to tell the story. So we get to tell it how we, re- how we remember it. But basically I think he was, you know, trying to strike up a, a bird and got a bird to gobble and thought, well, you know, I'm going to kind of work closer and he keeps calling and, and this bird's responding and he's working closer and. And I think he gets to the creek or something, and the creek was really high, and he's like, oh, there's no way for me to get across this thing, and sort of gave up on it, figuring that bird's not coming across this creek, I'm not getting across this creek, gave up on it, and then drove by that house or something later later in the day and saw a turkey in the yard, and is that how it went? And then he realized, like, oh, that's the bird, that's the turkey I was calling to. Yeah, but I think basically that was kind of the story was we have permission all the way up to 
this person's backyard. And yeah, dad went down, he got to the creek to work closer and couldn't get across the creek, you know, and then he would have been a hundred yards from this person's backyard. And I think he, yeah, drove by, saw that turkey, and then asked one of our friends that lives down there, like, is that a domestic turkey? And he said, yeah, because it's not a white, yeah. it's not a white, like, farm turkey. Yeah, it it looks pretty wild turkey-esque. I, I mean, I it may be a, like, domestic wild turkey. I mean, it, it looks kind of gross. Like, I, I think wild turkeys, I don't know, have a better way of grooming themselves or something. Because it looks no, kind of no. haggard, but maybe it fights with the other yard chickens, too. I don't know. Good word, haggard. That's why I haven't heard that but, word in a while. Yeah. You know, vocabulary word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the way yeah. the way I remember the story... He, the way dad tells the story, or I remember it, is basically if it wasn't for that creek, he would have hunted that turkey all the way up to the fence. Like he had no idea it was a domestic turkey. That creek being too high to cross is yeah. what saved him from mega embarrassment of hunting all the way up to a fence in Turkey. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> well, he's I, like, I, I had every intention of shooting every, that bird. Yeah. 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 I don't think that that turkey was fenced in at all. I think it was free range and it could have walked into woods that we have permission to hunt. Yeah, right? the, way dad, the way dad tells the story, he had every, every intention of shooting it. Yeah. yeah. He had bad intentions for that bird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, like I said, we, we kind of combine a trip to the cabin to do some shed hunting, some turkey season scouting. I don't know why I said scouting. Um, turkey season scouting and some spring deer season scouting. And spring scouting is one of those things that it, it can certainly be helpful. It can also be deceiving, right? Because you're not you're not hunting the sign that you're finding in February, March, April, right? Like basically before everything really gets greened up, you know, because they're, the, the food sources are different. You're it's the deer are going to be in slightly different places, but what it can do. And the, and the one thing I heard, um, I was listening to, I think it was a wired to hunt podcast with, where you know Dan Johnson, our our fearless leader, was on there, and and they were talking about spring scouting, and he mentioned focusing on terrain features, and I I really kind of like that because terrain features don't change throughout the year, right? And like if you find deer traveling along a certain terrain feature, or you know along a ridge a certain percentage of the way up, or you know like that's that doesn't change throughout the year. And so those are things that I like to key in on, like just trying to find where the deer are traveling. Generally, what are they considering bedding area? And that, that obviously can shift and change throughout the season, but 
those are some of the things I look for. What do, what do you guys, when you're doing spring deer scouting, what are you looking for? For me, I'm primarily, I guess, looking for new spots in theory, I guess. I don't know, especially down at the cabin because there's just a lot of woods, a lot of public, a lot of... So, yes, I've been, quote unquote, in most of the woods, but by been in the woods i mean like i've walked the ridge and looked down into that hollow um so i like to try and because you don't have to worry about pushing deer as much in the spring so i like to try and kind of get into the bedding if i can find some and then like walk dead smack dab in the middle of it because one you could find sheds in there two once you get in there you can see kind of how they're coming in and out of the bedding and then I kind of work my way back off the bedding and say like, okay, that's where they're bedding. This is the main trail that I'm seeing going into the bedding. So how do I set up on this trail? So yeah, that, start, you can start picking out <laughs> points or even trees at that point and marking them right. on, on your map. Right. right. To where like when we come down, cause like, you know, like we've said, we don't go down there and do preseason scouting regularly. Um, so when it's time to go down there for our bow hunting weekend, you pretty much already need to know where you're going right? because, you know, we don't go down in August, whatever, to scout again. We don't do any fall scouting. It's, we're going down for a weekend of bow hunting and whatever. We usually get down Thursday night and Friday morning, it's time to go hunt. So you, yep got to have your tree picked out if not specific tree you got to have your ridge area entry exit so i kind of try and do some of that try to cut a little bit if it's like main trails i try to trim those up as i'm walking granted it's not even green up yet so a lot of that's going to grow back but try to stay on top of some of that because it's like there's some four-wheeler paths and stuff that are just maintained down there on tops of ridge or whatever so if I notice some of those are starting to close in, I try to cut those back a little bit so that we can, when it does green up, it doesn't completely close off. Cause yeah. The, the other thing I'll look for in addition to that is like, try to picture what it's going to look like when there's still vegetation. And, you know, obviously that that's going to be somewhat hard to do, but based on, you know, if you're in, deep timber right there might not be a lot of like deer height vegetation and and, you know honestly i'm probably not going to spend a ton of time in there unless there's some sort of a a terrain feature like that's going to funnel deer there's some sort of a saddle or, or something where it could be a good rut hunting spot because it's between two bedding areas or or something like that but you know, try to, I guess, don't look at the sign you're seeing now and say, oh, yep, this is a good spot because there's going to be a difference in the vegetation and the amount of cover come hunting season. Jeff, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't do a whole lot of deer scouting in the spring. Um I definitely do because I typically see way more deer when I'm turkey hunting than I do turkeys or 
any other animal you know you never see the animal you're after when you're hunting it (laughs) yeah um but i definitely do pay attention to where they're moving you know how they're moving what trails they're moving and you know kind of the directions they're going and also like i kind of use it to gain confidence in my camouflage you know because a lot of times it seems like during deer season it's like it doesn't matter what i do the deer still see me you know yeah camo wise and in turkey season i've had deer walk you know i don't know 10 yards from me and eat and stand there for you know five minutes you know barely you know almost touching the tip of my gun right you know so i i kind of use it to gain some confidence maybe in my camouflage and you know what what kind of stuff the deer pick up on and what they don't so do you you think there's a difference in you know because the deer aren't being pressured that time of year that they're not as like switched on if you will yeah i definitely think that and i've also heard the theory that it has to do with the thermals in the spring because it's the ground so cold still and uh like the the nights are so cold but then it heats up a lot right that deer can't really smell as well in the spring like especially in the mornings when you're typically out turkey hunting the woods are heating up and it's carrying your smell up and away oh okay that's that's a theory i've heard you know and it it makes some sense yeah i could sort of see that yeah i don't know i just know i've i've you know i've walked up on deer like i've been able to not not really sneaking and maybe maybe that's just it i'm not trying to sneak through the woods and and so they don't see it as a threatening sound i don't know but i've you know it's like there's been a handful of times while turkey hunting that it's like, boy, I've about stepped on that deer before it jumped up and took off. Or, you know, it was like, let me get awfully close to it, which just never seems to happen in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I've, there's times where I've been walking a ridge or whatever, and it's like, well, I'm going to go peek it down over into that bowl or hollow. And I peek down over there and there's a deer 15 yards over the edge. And it's like, I wasn't even being quiet, and that deer's just hanging out there. If it had been gun yeah. season, or even bow season, I could have peeked over this edge and shot that thing. Yeah. And they just stand there and look at you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's I I don't know what causes it. If it's a, they're not as biologically amped up that time of year. If it's a thermal thing, I don't know. But I f- would agree that the deer seem to be more carefree in the spring in terms of at least hunting pressure from humans. Yeah. You can walk up on them. You can make, I feel like you make more noise and they don't seem to care, but I don't know. Yeah. If, and so we've, we've kind of touched on, like I said, that those, those three things there, it's, it's kind of been more of a, uh, a catch up and what are our plans for 
the upcoming seasons or or outings, if you will. So, you know, let's let us know, right? Let us know what you guys do for spring scouting, what you're looking for for turkey season. If you're new to the show, we did an ep- episode last year with Josh Grossenbacher about turkey hunting and how to locate turkeys and things like that. So that would be a good one to go back to and and listen to before turkey season. He runs through some of the different calls and things like that. And so that was a really interesting one in preparation for turkey season. Um, anything else you guys want to add on this one before we switch it off? I don't think so. Not Yeah, I think I'm good. All right. Well, it was good catching up. Glad glad to have you back on uh, on the podcast there, Jake. He, you know, he just schedules and things didn't work out there for a couple, and you weren't able to make it, but good to have you back in the saddle. Yep, it's good to be back. Yeah, it was some schedule stuff, and then I caught the creeping crud for a week or two. So, But yeah, we're all good now. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Don't have a lot in the in closing here, so hopefully there was something in there that was helpful to you or interesting. And let us know if there's something different that you like to key on, key in on, or look for for either your turkey scouting or your spring deer scouting. And also let us know how your shed hunting season's going. Send us those pictures, tag us in those posts. We we love seeing that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, so with that thank you make sure you're subscribed that way you automatically get notified anytime there's new episodes and we'll talk to you all next week